Thank you, Lord, that you love us with an immeasurable love. A shepherd who leads and guides in ways we don't know or understand. And a shepherd who also has chosen to be a lamb who was sacrificed. So how can you be both a shepherd and a sheep? And all that, how can you love us so deeply and so eternally? So we thank you for this beautiful mystery and pray that together we would grow deeper and deeper in love with you, the one who loves us most. So accept our thanks and our praise, for you are the good shepherd. Would you pray the prayer that Jesus taught his brothers and sisters and friends? If you don't know those words, are on the screen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. This day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Please be seated. I invite you to open your Bibles, please, to John chapter 11, or John chapter 10, I'm sorry. Oops. Everyone laughs at me with this pulpit. Just, you try to carry it. That was a joke. It didn't work very well. <laughs> the lamb that was slain. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. And I'm... Um, well, let me start with a quick story. So you're going to... Mike has alluded to... Um, he lays down his life, but I want to poke at something else. As I was in, behind the wall just praying, saying, help me get focused. I, I want to... I this service, I want to emphasize the idea that we need to learn to hear the shepherd's voice. And so what I want to just, just, just name it and then invite you, that, that to me is, is just one of the keys to actually living a full and abundant life, is learning to hear our shepherd's voice. And so I, I know there are many ways that this can be accomplished. In Scripture, there are 23 ways we can hear God. But I want to start with this particular one. We hear God's voice, the voice of the good shepherd, through the words of the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So if Jesus says, I am the good shepherd, he says he knows his sheep, they know him, and he knows their voice, and we know his voice. But, so if I can just push in this a little bit. When I, um, so I was ordained, I was a became pastor in 1980. And I remember the first Sunday when I was involved in public ministry, I said to Lane, my wife, I said, I feel so incompetent. I don't know the scriptures. I, I don't know Jesus very well, even though I, I was born again and all that stuff. And Lane had a good word for me. She said, well, how about for the next 40 years, just read the words of Jesus. And after 40 years, you'll know Jesus. That's what I'm asking you to consider today. Could we continue to take steps to hear the voice of Jesus? And there are many ways, but the first way has to be his words. So we're going to look at that today in a couple different ways. But I want to just start with the passage that you read together, the 23rd Psalm. And I'm going to, I'm going to say thank you to Vince Neuendorp 
because Vince made me this and he made me this. Um, so I've said this to you many times, but for me, the, I believe when I say this, I've said it a hundred times, let me say it again. I believe this quote, what you and I think about God is the single most important thing about us. Because that is what the foundation from which we, on which we live, it is, the, it is the place from which we live. So let me go back to, I've said this many times, but our son's death. Because my image, my metaphor, my understanding of Jesus is that he is a good shepherd. Kirk's death did not shake us. It grieved us. It changed us. It did not change how we live. And I said in the day of his funeral, you need to decide before the time of tragedy comes what you think about Jesus. So Vince made these for me. He and I have read a book. I should just hold it up. For just, I'm, I'm going to just mess around for a couple minutes here. If you're a reader, uh, While well, Shepherds Watch Their Flocks by Dr. Timothy Laniak is the, it, I've, I, I mean, I'm a reader. This is one of the top 10 books I've ever read. Uh, it is phenomenal. And it talks about the shepherd motif. Now, get this. When Jesus died and rose, we think, looking back, that the preeminent image for the Christian church was the cross. That was not true. Let me tell you how brutal crosses were. I just been working on research. The, the Romans were so incredibly evil that in one day they were just stinking mad. They took 4,500 Jewish children and parents and crucified them in a row, 4,500. They left them hang there for weeks. The cross was the worst thing you could ever imagine in that day. And this has become the symbol of the Christian church. But for those people, it was like going to hell. There was no worse, the, 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 the rulers, Greek and Roman people said there was not a worse way to kill someone than to crucify them. So what was the image of the church for the first century? It was a shepherd. It was a shepherd. If you go to the catacombs, you see all kinds of images of, of this. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shell of death, I will fear no evil because your rod and your staff, this is what you killed people with. This is what you fought animals with. This is every day, every day. Remember last week, Darren's concerned about the gate? Just imagine, here's one side, here's another side. The shepherd should, should stood at the door of the gate with his rod, and they call it, under the rod, and every single sheep who he called by name went under the rod. And the shepherd touched the sheep and tried to examine the sheep and comfort the sheep and could identify where there were errors of illness or brokenness in the body of the sheep. His rod and his staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I believe that. I live that. that, that that's the thing that drives me. Now, it may not be your image. It may not be your metaphor. But today, I am so struck by the power of the words that Jesus is your good shepherd. Now, let me talk about sheep for just a minute. 
Sheep fire came up to me last service. Sheep and goats. He hit both. Sheep are dumber than boards. Uh, so I need an umbrella mercy here. Their heads are usually down, looking for something to eat. And if the sheep move, all they watch is the behind in front of them. They watch butts. Where am I eating? Where's the butt? Where am I eating? Where's the butt? That's funny, but it's not. Just Google. Google Bedouin sheep. And how they move is they have a shepherd who knows their names, and they know his voice. I told the story last service. We had a lady from California, my church in California, for that service. We had a wonderful old guy named Pete Hedinger who, who milked, look at this, 1,000 cows a day in the 1980s, 1,000 cows. And Pete Hedinger was the owner. And he invited my dad and I to come to his dairy. Yeah, Valley, he says. Kevin, you stand right here. And you watched. And so the, de- the cows all came in. And I stood there and li- listened to him. Listen to this. He said the name of every single milk cow. 1,000. And I'm thinking, holy cow. <laughs> no. Take that. Jesus said, I'm the good shepherd. I know my sheep. The word know, gnosko, is how a husband and wife know each other sexually. Jesus said, I know my sheep. So I want you to think, ladies, mammogram, CT scans, x-rays, when you are being looked all the way through, that's what we're talking about. The shepherd looks at you, and with his x-ray eyes, he looks right into who you are. He knows you intimately. He knows your name. He knows your voice. The question is, do you gnosko his? Now, I want you to think about sheep again. Dumb sheep. The sheep have no idea. So remember, we, I remember the year that Kirk died, Lane and I did a, a seven-week series on the 23rd Psalm. Do you remember when he leads us in paths of righteousness for his name's sake? Do you remember that, what that meant? So just imagine, this is a huge hillside. It goes up 1,000 feet. If you Google trails of sheep in the Middle East. So you look at a huge hillside, and there are just paths, 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 paths that have been there for thousands of years. The good shepherd knows which path. He, he leads us in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Here's the image. There are hundreds of paths a good shepherd knows which of the hundreds the sheep need to follow so they can go to the still, quiet waters. The shepherd has to look at hundreds and thousands of paths and pick the right one. The sheep have no clue. Heads down, heads up for butts. Down, uh, uh, uh. they have no clue. Let me stop for a second. How often, let me ask me, how often do I live like a sheep? All I want to do is eat, sleep, have some fun. Where's culture going? I'll just follow along. But we have a good shepherd. And the good shepherd says, come back in two weeks. I know the way. Sheep, I know the way. 
So we have an opportunity in today's passage to listen to, I'm encouraging us to say, Lord, I want to become a sheep who believes you are a good shepherd to me. Let me tell you where we're going to go. Can I have have slide number 12? At the end of my yakking, here's an opportunity, if you wish, for some conversation. And no one has to do it, but if you'd like to, this is how we're going to end. With someone else, could you share the kind of relationship you have with Jesus, the Good Shepherd? You could say, I have none, I have this. If you're willing, just share whatever your relationship is. Are there words or phrases that describe your relationship with Jesus, the Good Shepherd? Maybe with the person you're with, what could help me to more readily trust or follow Jesus, my Good Shepherd? And the last one is, if you're willing, can we take a minute and pray for each other? Just pray blessing. So that's where I'd like to go. Having said all that, let's go to John chapter 11. That's all long introduction. Forgive me for all that. Um, may I have the, the, the scripture slides? I'm going to go here right away instead of your Bibles because I've I marked some things up for you to see. So what you're going to see here is uh, the passage, but I also included some yellow. So very truly I tell you, in Greek it's amen, amen. Anything repeated twice is important. Amen, amen, Pharisees. Anyone who did not enter the sheep pen by the gate, remember last week, Darren explained that? Uh, boy, just imagine a sheep gate in Israel. These are not very sexy places. Just basically, what kind of some kind of round enclosure generally? And the opening of the gate was about that big. And the shepherd lay in the gate. So all the sheep have to come through here. The sheep have to go under the rod. The shepherd looks at them, and they are now safe. So the text says, amen, amen, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in any other way is a thief and a robber. Now, why is Jesus saying this? Because for thousands of years, the leaders, political, religious leaders, have not been good shepherds. So if you go back to the people of Israel in the wilderness, the book of Exodus, God is described as a shepherd And he describes himself as sometimes he leads from the front, sometimes from the side, sometimes from the back. And he just shows what a good shepherd looks like and acts like. And now prophet after prophet after prophet, after the Exodus, the prophets rail on the political and religious leaders because they are poor shepherds. So that's what Jesus is talking about. He says, anyone who climbs any other way, not through him, the good shepherd, is a thief and the robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. Right through here. This next two weeks, way, we'll get to that. Next slide, please. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. The sheep listen to his voice. Google this. It is nuts. Many of you have. Do it again. Watch huge enclosures of sheep. Watch seven to ten to twenty shepherds in this huge, thousands of sheep. And watch each one of the shepherds call his own sheep, and watch thousands of sheep immediately just follow their shepherd. They just separate naturally. And if you listen to the shepherds, they don't say, here, sheep, sheep, sheep. They got these crazy little intuitions and calls. So the sheep's head down, where am I going to eat? But where am I going? 
when they hear the voice, they just go like this. And all of a sudden, the shepherd starts walking, and all the sheep just all of a sudden, they follow the voice. That's what he's talking about here. He leads them out by name, and when he has brought them out, he goes ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. That's why I'm begging you, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. What are the words of Jesus? Next one, please. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they'll run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Google it, watch it. Jesus used his figure of speech, but the Pharisees didn't understand what he was telling them. And what he was saying to these other leaders were, you're a crappy shepherd. You're just using people. Now I'm gonna segue, I'll come back to it in a few minutes. Jesus is gonna talk about laying down his life for sheep. I'm gonna talk about authority for just a moment because that's the last two verses of the passage. Jesus talks about authority. Exousia. Who has authority in your life? And may I gently, carefully say for many of us, those who are our leaders, our shepherds in all kinds of areas, do not have the same heart that Jesus had. So watch. I can, so for me, I have six bosses. You have elected 55 elders and deacons. They choose six. I have six bosses. Do I listen to my boss's voices? Do I trust those six people who are leaders? Now watch. Sometimes coaches, sometimes politicians, sometimes preachers, sometimes whatever, are not worth listening to or following. Why? Why do some people have authority in your life and why not do others? So we can have a title. I'm the senior pastor and CEO of Third Reformed Third Church. What does that mean? I have a title. If I'm an idiot to you, if I have not been with you in your pains and times of loss, if I have not prayed for you every week by name, if I've not cared for your story, where you've been, where you're going, why in the world would you want to be in a relationship with me just because I have a title? In the passage, we'll get there in a minute, Jesus says the one who has authority is willing to lay his life down. The authority we have, as all of us are shepherds to someone, is our willingness to lay our lives down for another. So let me just, on Mother's Day, some of us honor our mothers because of the position that they're our mothers. Others of us love our mothers because of the way they have been sacrificial in love for us. And others of us honor our mothers, but we have no affection for our moms at all because they had a title, but we did not feel they loved us sacrificially. So that's where this passage is going to end up. I lay down my life and no one takes it from me. That's where Jesus is going to go. So let's continue on. Now, the passage says, therefore, Jesus said again, amen, amen. I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. You ever watch Monty Python at the wedding and they, and they have the, the clergy guy doing the wedding thing? So they're standing together, husband and wife. Remember that? Remember the scene? Do you know what I'm talking about? 
There's a scene that people are getting married and the clergy is going, no one's listening. How many of you ever listen to me? I'm serious. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not being critical. I'm just saying, if you think I'm just blowing smoke, if I do not have a place of sacrificial love for you, I'm just a figurehead. I'm just a titular. I'm just the person. Mike stands on the platform. He works here. And, and we're just here. But Jesus says, I'm the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers. They've not listened. Not listened. Listen. Listen. A good shepherd listens. You know what the top acts of love research is telling us today you can do for someone? Look them in the eye. Look them in the heart and listen. Listen. Is this true? If someone listens to you, do you have a heart response to the person who sees you, who hears you, who recognizes you, yes? That's what he's talking about. The sheep have not listened because it's just blah, 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 blah. Now let's go on. What does he say next? I am the gate. Who enters through me will be saved. They will come and go and find pasture, but the thief only comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they can have life and have it to the full. Now he's going to move to sheep. Verse 10. Next one, please. I am the good shepherd. Now, stop for a second. Can I have the pictures of the, sh of the shepherd? I want you to, I'm trying to describe to you. Now, look at, look, look at the sheep, look at the shepherd, and look at the restive posture of that sheep with the shepherd. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. So the thing I've asked you many, many times over the past years is this. Do you agree with this sentence? What you and I think about God is the single most important thing about us. So that's my image of God. Now that's a woman shepherd. I have no problem on Mother's Day celebrating the mother heart of God. But look at that sheep. Completely rested. Look at the next one. But here's the male shepherd. Now look at the sheep, look up at the shepherd. If you watch, if you Google this, those shepherds will walk among their sheep. The sheep will just run to them. They will just nuzzle them. They'll just rub against them because they know the sheep know, the sheep know the shepherd loves and knows them. People, this is what I'm trying to say this morning. That's what Jesus thinks about you. He's your good shepherd. We can have our heads down and watching butts. Doesn't matter. We have someone who loves us. He has shown the way. The way at the cross. The way to life. Abundant, eternal life. We have no clue. And we have a shepherd who says, come on in the gate. Come on, come on, come on. All who are weary and heavy laden, come on, come in, join, come. Is that your image of Jesus? Now, one more picture. We get to in, in a couple of verses. Next, look at the wolf. That's a wolf in Israel today. It's so interesting. Now go back a picture, please. It's so interesting. If a wolf can smell the shepherd at the gate, the wolves will not try to get in to the sheepfold. Go back to the wolf. But if the hired men run, the sheep get killed. 
So what's the spiritual imagery here? You have a spiritual enemy whose name is Satan. And there are demons who are like wolves. And they want to eat, kill, destroy. They live with lies, accusations, and condemnation. Now back picture. And that's how Jesus is. He is the gate. He blocks the way. He invites the sheep in. He knows their names. He knows your name. If I'm still alive and you invite me to do your funeral, that's the question they always have for the people who die. Do they know Jesus? Do they believe that? He says, welcome. Welcome home, love you. Do you believe that? See, this, I'm gonna come to, again, this, this is critical. What you think about Jesus is the single most important thing about you. So I, I'm involved in, a, I'm, I'm in working a situation for 10 years. And I have had highs and lows and valleys and doubts and questions and setbacks and encouragement and forward for 10 years. And last night I was sitting here, this morning early I was sitting here, and I thought back over these 10 years and the specific thing I'm, I'm relating to. And I thought, my head has been down. I've been watching butts. And the good shepherd is still leading. And all of a sudden, the good shepherd has been leading for 10 years. But my head's been down. I've not seen it. But it doesn't matter. Back to the picture again. But don't, don't lose this image. Don't lose this image. That's your image. That's who you are to Jesus. Do you believe that? Now, back to my farmer this morning. The farmer said to me, you know the difference between sheep and goats? Sheep will follow anybody anywhere. Goats won't. So why does Jesus in his story talk about separating the sheep from the goats? Only the sheep know the voice. Let's go back to the passage again, continue a little farther. So the man runs away, he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. And he said, I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep, and my, shepherd know, and my sheep know me. So that word know is gnosko. The shepherd knows, I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. This is why, again, forgive me, but I've got I to I make this clear. Gnosko to know is experiential knowing like a husband and wife know each other physically. So what is he saying? I'm the good shepherd, Jesus says. I know my sheep. Jesus knows you. He's looking right into our hearts, right into our minds, right into our full person. He knows us and he loves us. This is why we've said over and over, nothing can separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, your Lord. Because he's your good shepherd. And he knows you. And it says, my sheep know me. And I want to push. But this is where the words of Jesus come in. You know the words of Jesus. So yesterday, for about an hour, I just listened to different translations, different voices, men and women, reading John 10, 1 through 18. And to hear the word, these words, Jesus' words, just wash over, 
wash over. And what begins to happen, if you start to get them in your head, they start to move to your heart. So stay with me. So the three things that are my, my go-tos, and I do this, I don't know how many times a day, I repeat, I have it so embedded that before I answer a phone, voicemail, phone, appointment, email, or text, I've, learned, I've trained myself to do this. I say in my heart, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me. What am I trying to do? This, be centered. All through the day, I say this. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be over and over, over and over. The Lord is my shepherd. Why? I want to hear, I want to know, I want to be connected to the good shepherd so that when different things happen, I know the voice. Let's go on. A couple more pages. Just as the Father knows me, same word, I know the Father. That's how he wants to know us. And now Mike referenced that when we read before. Three times now, I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of the sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice. And they should be one flock and one shepherd, which is Jesus. Next one, please. The reason, look at this sentence now. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life. And we think that went through a little bit. This is a member of the Godhead. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one and three, three and one. Can you imagine the Holy Spirit and the Father in this trinity that is one? When Jesus is moving to the end of his life, he says, they love me because I laid down my life. But then he says, only take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. Here's this authority thing I was talking about. I would argue that people who carry spiritual authority are people you know will lay down their life in some way for you. If you believe that, if you believe their interest is for you, their love, agapao, is for you, their concern is your welfare, when that person speaks with you, you connect and you give that person authority in your life. And what does that authority come from? And the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and faithfulness and self-control. It comes from being so connected to the heart of Jesus and the words of Jesus that you say to that person, I will trust you. I will follow you. I believe in you. And that's what Jesus asked from us. And then he says, this command I received from my Father. So, what time? Um, okay, can I have slide number 11, please? I'm looking at the clock. So I'm gonna go back to, I use this on Easter Sunday. This is not meant to be cyclical, but I wanna talk about the wall again. So we're talking about the, the image of God. Jesus is the good shepherd. So this is, this again, this is not follow the circle. This is all part of what's called the Christ stages by Galtiers. But we have initial yellow, a relationship with Jesus is established. We are born from above. We're born again. 
then there's some kind of discipleship. We kind of grow, we learn, we become more like Christ than what we learn and grow. And then there's kind of, we do things for Christ, could be at home, at church, at school, on teams, whatever. But then we hit crises and we hit a wall. Now, this is why the images are so important. The research says most, quote, Christian people, when they hit a wall, so I'll use my latest wall. I, they think you have five to seven. Here's my latest wall was Kirk's death. When, when you, I hit the wall, can, can I somehow, by God's grace, get over, around, under, through? How? To get to the inner journey. This is where the image is so critical. So because my image of Jesus is this. By God's grace and the work of the Spirit, I made it through the wall. This is why the image is so critical. What is your image of God? And that's why Jesus gives these seven I am statements, all different metaphors. So what we're going to talk about in the future is, Lord, help us to go beyond, through, under the wall. Now, let's, go, let's talk about um, some relationship sharing together. Slide 12. This is totally, we're going to take five minutes. So for those of you, this is like the worst thing ever. Pray, take a nap, Google sheep in the desert. <laughs> but but I'm, I'm being serious now. If you're willing, could you share with someone the kind of relationship you have with Jesus, the Good Shepherd? And it can be, I have none, or fair, or whatever. Then a question with the person you're with, what could help me to more readily trust and follow Jesus, our Good Shepherd? And at the end, we'll just have a moment for prayer. So if you're willing, and if you choose, Brett will play some quiet music, and if you'd like to engage, you can. If not, you don't need to, but you're invited, if you so choose, to spend four or five minutes just talking about Jesus, the Good Shepherd. On your marks, get set. Thank you. Now I'll offer a prayer for all of us. At the end of the prayer, let's sing the doxology together. We praise you, Lord Jesus. We bless you that you are our good shepherd. So we praise you in this place. We praise you in our hearts. We praise you for your mighty acts of love. We praise you according to your excellency and your greatness. We praise you, Lord, Good Shepherd, for loving us past our sins. We praise you for securing our place eternally with you. We praise you for restoring on us a majestic inheritance. We praise you for shielding us from evil and the evil one. We praise you for giving us angelic protection. We praise you for giving us life that never ends. We praise you for being the door, the gate, into more life, abundant life. You are the glorious one who angels and archangels constantly adore. Jesus, our good shepherd, we praise you for your mercy, your kindness, and your grace. We praise you for your faithful to us, nay faithfulness to us, the children you've adopted. We praise you for your shepherd's heart. We praise you for their motherly care. 
We praise you for teaching us your ways. We praise you for giving us your spirit as comforter and guide. So we praise you, Father. We praise you, Jesus, the Son. We praise you, Holy Spirit, now and forever. So glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and evermore shall be, world without end. Amen.